Yes, super don't. Um, (laughs) For anybody that may have missed the superhero who just asks, can you not? Have you considered not doing that? Most criminals are like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, okay, yeah. When I think about, like, robbing this thing, you're you're right, that was a little much. Let me just... Now that you mention it, it is kind of weird to hold an entire train hostage. It was like, it was like, I appreciate you calling me out, and I don't, like, you know. <laughs> you know what? Thanks, Super Dope. You know, that I'm wasn't gonna... very woke yeah, of me. Yeah, I'll, I'll let him go. I'll, I'm keeping the train, because I'm still a super villain, but I'll let the hostages go. <laughs> Thanks again, Super Dope. <laughs> On that note, let's start the episode. Excellent. Click. <laughs> you bought me like two years ago well i just remembered that it's sitting in the closet so i called you up just to tell you i've been meaning to listen to that i've been meaning to listen to that why don't you come over and talk about it about it hey everybody welcome to i've been meaning to listen to that the podcast where we go through albums we've been meaning to listen to and use it as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests Hooray! very exciting yeah i don't know i like for that part like i kind of half commit to like the hand no one can see this but like the hand motions i do i like kind of like half commit to them i like Welcome to the podcast. This um, is know. how we speak. Yeah, no, no, got it. I don't know how to. I don't know how to use my body. Is the thing. So, um, hi. hi everybody. Welcome to the show. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm Andrew Still, and Ezra's over there. Look, look beyond the yonder. I'm gonna put on my binoculars. Cree. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I gotta put this. I'm not gonna do this bit. Um, um, I'm waiting for a good introduction to chime in. <laughs> uh, so, anyways. Andrew does not know how to use his body, and my name is Laura Ann Welly. Um, Hi, I knew this Laura. about Andrew already, but I wanted to make sure that that was one of the major points that we used on the show. Hey, it's Laura. It's my it's my very good friend, Laura Ann Welly. They're here, yeah. and they're queer, and. Uh, other things. And they're conqueer. <laughs> I realize I realize that they don't like <laughs> they kind of stop at they're here, they're queer, <laughs> they don't continue on after that, so um, Well, uh, it, it's an easy rhyme, too, so, but you just get to throw in whatever else you want. Uh, and I'm here, I'm dear. queer, I have nothing to fear. Or I'm here, I'm queer, I got in a road accident with a deer. I'm here, I'm queer. I'm full of <laughs> existential fear. Exactly. Hey, and that's yeah. where I usually am. The existential fear is high on that list. Yeah. Thank, yeah. thank you um, for inviting so, me. Hi, Laura. Hi. Yeah, hi, Laura. Oh, I thought that you were thanking to, uh, me for inviting you uh, into, like, the existential fear, like, club or something. Oh, I've been there second. for years. I mean, that, uh, that's yeah. very kind, but I could show you my membership card uh, right there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ever oh, wow. since discovered what depression yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, Do you know that there are people in the world who uh, aren't depressed? 
Like, how weird is that? That's strange. That doesn't compute to me. I do think it's very strange. I don't understand uh, it. They, like, wake up, and they don't have any self-hatred. They just, like, get up uh, and I go think, about I their day and, like, are cheerful and stuff. Like, what that? what's that shit about? Like, Don't have a conscience fuck off. for a lot of things. I think that's what what's <laughs> making me so freaked out about some of the things that are going on in our nation is uh, is just being, like, I wake up every day, try my absolute best to be the best person I can, and hide from the world. Like, those are the two goals. Hide from the world, be the best person I can be. (laughs) And then there are people that just wake up, roll out of bed, and they're like, ugh, I am awesome. I don't have to do anything or care about anyone and they just get to live their whole life like that. Isn't that And usually their lives are good. Usually, like, there's no, like, there's not often, like, a clear comeuppance to their actions of, like, oh, my hubris proved me wrong that I shouldn't act selfishly. Um, they actually go through their lives succeeding and doing well. And That's why Greek tragedies are fiction, and uh, mm-hmm. history books aren't as popular. So, Laura, what's your favorite Greek tragedy? Let, let's, that's a question we ask all our guests. Like, what's your favorite Greek tragedy? Uh, okay, that's an excellent I one. I like Antigone. Uh, now, I'm more, I'm more familiar with the mythology than, say, like, the works of Ovid. Or, no, wait, was Ovid Roman? Uh, but, like, metamorphoses and stuff like that I'm not as familiar with. Um, I would say... Icarus has the best name recognition, and that one seems to be a mm-hmm. uh, a lesson most people can learn from. But I'm also a big fan of Oedipus, just because, like, how much does one dude's life have to be ruined by one <laughs> single prophecy? What if that prophet just was off that day and he was like, fuck his mom, what did I... No, no, wait, no, 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 he's going to do something completely different. He oh, doesn't have to fuck his mom at all. Tarot cards. And... and it's too late for Oedipus. He's like, well, gotta kill dad. Well, I have to mom. now. Just like. That's so fucked, too, because it's like, he didn't do anything to deserve that. He just <laughs> gets this prophecy and is like, you want me to what now? <laughs> what am I doing? Well, and, and Icarus, his moral is, you know, you kind of follow it. You're like, okay, yeah, if you reach too far and become overconfident, See, that's my that type of downfall. fucking story. And Oedipus, like, it was like, if you hear information once, it'll ruin your life entirely, even if you do everything in your power to avoid See, that life ruining. What's the hey. what's the moral there? Don't have a mom. <laughs> Don't have a mom. Don't have sex with any woman because she might be your mother. <laughs> Love Oedipus. But like with Icarus and everything, like... I don't know. I just I can really get behind that moral. Like, don't try too hard or you're going to fail. Like, just <laughs> <laughs> don't be ambitious. But, yeah. but look at the Greek gods, too. Zeus was in charge and he is the actual worst. <laughs> I mean, he was probably the one that gave the prophecy because he got bored of just banging individual human women on his own. And so he was like, <laughs> Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell this, you know, the suits there. Tell the dude he's going to kill his dad and bang his mom. And he's just sitting up in heaven, you know, tuckered out on ambrosia. And Hera's like, mm, did you do that? <laughs> no, no, no. He really wants to have sex with his mom. It's normal. It's fine. Wouldn't me. I find it so funny that Hera's just like a sitcom wife. Like, <laughs> yeah, honey, I know. Lucy. Did you cheat like, on me like... for the 800th time? <laughs> 
I know I'm a god, and time is meaningless, and we're all slightly polyamorous, but I'm mad. See, you know what the Greek god that I and can, god. like, really get behind? Fucking Artemis. Like, she's a fucking badass. Like, she... Yeah. yeah. What was her deal again? Apollo's sister. Goddess of the moon. And the hunt. Um, uh, goddess of archery and the hunt. Um, and she also was like... Wasn't uh, her and Athena both were like, if you look at me naked or rape anyone, I'll kill you. I'll yeah, kill yeah. you. I like was that. So I was like, a fan of that. The but then also, the whole thing about her, like most iterations say that she was like celibate because she was like devoted to the hunt. But then like there are also iterations that say that she was gay and like i'm inclined to believe that more you're inclined to believe any like read that's like yeah they were gay the whole time by you're the way absolutely like, right i am inclined to believe that it's more believable i mean than that's a not a problem i'm not mad people like, um, try to say like oh the, just gals being pals they were roommates they yeah. were good friends they rode each other for 52 years. They asked to be buried in the same plot. And Best yes, they shared goals. a bed. And yes, they called the one Freddy. Get over it. It's called being best friends. You guys are immature for well, thinking. They, they do the same Lesbians? Thing. What? Because they said you complete me and I feel you in my soul? And then they do the same thing about like uh, trans men and like trans women and stuff. Uh is like especially with uh trans men just um oh like it's so brave she was pretending to be a man in order to get on with society and it's like she had like he had a fucking normal job like you don't think that this is maybe like yes and yeah. there was no reason for him to need to pretend one trans to... man that was like a doctor and yeah. like yeah, and helped invent midwifery. And yeah, no, his name was like Charles or something. He went by Charles his entire yeah, life. Right. And people are like, boy, was that sneaky of her to do that. No, no it was a him. It was Charles. He was Charles his entire like life. you watched Mulan once and you think you know everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a favorite. Yeah, so, you know, she, quote unquote, she really was just into the idea of like, ah, I can't wait to fight a war for a usually indecent cause for a bunch of guys I've never heard of because I'm a peasant. Yeah, that's what inspired me. Not the, you know, lack of freedom in my social role or the fact that just straight up I am a trans man or any, or the fact that I'm a lesbian, anything like that. No, it's because I'm into being drafted for a war that I'm not super into. Well, and not to mention that guy who's uh, just like... Like, nope, everything's all above board here. No feelings. And then the second that uh, Mulan, like, is like, ha ha ha, I was a woman all along. He suddenly has feelings. <laughs> He's like, what the hell? <laughs> I've been praying away my gay several nights, and now I see I don't have to anymore. <laughs> well, 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 ping. <laughs> um, yeah. By the way. Yeah. By the way, um, my favorite, um, going back a little bit, my favorite Greek tragedy is Oedipus because he got into his mom's Oedipus. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing I'm editing yeah. out. And we can all say goodbye to Andrew. Thank you so much for your contribution. That was beautiful. I got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> the episode that got us canceled. The gang gets canceled. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Hey guys, welcome to the show. Um, we're here to talk about AT Aliens by Outcast today. Yes. Uh, the winner of our March Moodiness 2020 competition, and we're finally covering them. And this is their second record, AT Aliens. What is your relationship to Outcast? What are your preconceived notions um, before coming in today to listen to this record? Sure. So, uh, I was uh, extraordinarily uh, closed off from uh, not just, honestly, the pop world in general, but uh, from any semblance of black culture. I went to a small Catholic school from first grade through eighth grade, and then I got to go to a slightly larger Catholic high school. Uh, so I was really not surrounded by a uh, by a ton of intros into hip hop um, other than some kind of cringily misinformed people. That said, um, I have liked Outkast for years. Uh, the first major memories I have, um, I shared one of their later albums um, with a friend of mine, and we listened to uh, the hit Roses, if anybody is familiar with that. Um, and obviously, when uh, Hey Ya came out, um, <laughs> you couldn't avoid it, even if you were only in the car for five minutes and the radio was on. It was one, two, three, uh! All right, all right, so, all right, all right, all right. Um, <laughs> I can't even do that. My baby Whatever he says. Like, I think some of those were words. Wow, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little insulted for Outcast right I'm now. Good, I'm good at English, and I know not to use my body, so. I don't know how to use me. my body is different than I know not to use my body. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're two sides of the Although same Although, once point. again, just a fun flashback to the Catholic school. Um, yeah. yeah. Yes, I have a body, but I won't be using it. And if it feels good ever, <laughs> you're bad. Um, which, uh, which is another reason why potentially something like, uh, I know you're calling it AT aliens. Um, I've been calling it Atlians. Um, I am not positive on, uh, what they would prefer the pronunciation on that one. Now I feel like I have to come up with some really creative, like off the wall, uh, pronunciation of it. Uh, alt Atlians. At, uh, although Atlians. that's not how you spell. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, this album came out, That's, uh, uh, if you 1996. want to, like, mention the, the Denver Lions on Twitter, at Lions. Uh, so <laughs> this was only their second studio album ever. When I went back to, and did some research on this, they were only 18 when they dropped their very first, uh, album. So, and this one, by the way, a uh, heck of a name, uh, obviously we're talking about, um, A-L-T, or A-T-L-E-N-S, or Atlians, or what, what was the third one? I think A-T, I think it's A-T-Aliens. A-T-Aliens. lions I could do that. I think it's A-T-L, yeah, I think it's A-T-Aliens because the A-T-L is like the pronunciation. Wait, no, I, I got it. The T is silent, it's just aliens. Oh, well... Wait, what if it's I'm, a I'm what if it's a this, delay? I'm looking at this tea. other source, it just says ET. Like, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> aliens. That's uh that's mine. Yeah. The T is not yeah. silent, it's just really delayed. Um but so <laughs> the, the album <laughs> the album before Aliens was 
Southern Playa Listic Cadillac music. Cadillac music, yeah. Um, and so, and they had some significant hits off of that. So, back in the 90s, um, and, and now I was on people, a very famous TV show. <laughs> now, for people listening, <laughs> like, uh, Atlanta is a huge... <laughs> is a huge hub for hip hop. It's a place that, um, you know, people shout out to and everything like that. But, uh, apparently at the time that was totally not heard of. It was still all about East coast, West coast scene. Um, and yes. coming up for their best new artist award, they were booed, uh, <laughs> at one of their biggest award shows. Right. So right, yeah. this album was, uh, really an answer to all of that, which I thought was super cool. Because, um, yeah, I, I, again, listened to it, did some background research because um, I just realized how disconnected I was uh, from from the scene that was, you know, making all this amazing music. Um, and so it was awesome to see even a quote, what changed uh, basically to make Atlanta a powerhouse in this. And the frank answer, at least from that person at the time, was outcast. Um, so yeah, this, this broke through in a lot of ways. Um, their singles were, uh, elevators, parentheses, me and you, um, <laughs> Atlians, aliens. <laughs> Laura, I feel like you should be host of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one episode, like, I like didn't have time to like write notes. On yeah. You like did like, so much uh, research and are like diving into all the background. Some of this we did talk about uh, when we did the first album, but like, I don't know. You're like so organized. <laughs> well, I have to be, <laughs> I, I want to be really, really conscious of the fact that um, every time like a great work by uh by a black musical artist comes along there are just like 40 people that look approximately as pale as me like coming along like cultural vultures like <laughs> okay this is mine now and so i really i really wanted to heard. as much <laughs> well but i mean think think about how many think pieces you had from white people following like um this is america yeah, by childish sure, gambino sure. or even just laminated by beyonce um, and so I just didn't want to throw my hat into the ring of, well, I've only known about this for about five minutes, but I feel like that's uh, enough time to make an informed opinion. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> you I just didn't. Out. <laughs> no, I mean, that's fine to do. Whatever. It's all good. <laughs> We've talked about both Lemonade and This Is America on this podcast. Also, most of the albums that we've talked about, we've only known about for like five minutes <laughs> because it's all first impressions. <laughs> first impressions are important. And and maybe I went too far in the research. So maybe you guys are being more realistic about it. And I did the bad, naughty thing. But no, I, I'm not saying that's you guys at all. But I also don't want to come in, you know, like, this was the best part of the album or whatever, and not even understand the cultural. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, because there, there's so much in this that is specifically um, it, like Atlanta shout outs, but not just, you know, now you hear shout outs in hip hop a lot is just like, you know, you kind of throw it out at the beginning. They really weaved the streets themselves and even specific parts of Atlanta uh, into their uh, into their music, especially this album. Um, for instance, I had to look up, it kept on being all of these, uh, 
references to SWAT in this album. And I was like, given today's political climate, uh, I would be a little frightened of SWAT um, coming down in a huge group of uh, young African-American performers. Not at all. Um, it's, uh, what was it? Southwest Atlanta, uh, now I want to say team or something, but that's not it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, even specific instances in their individual songs too, um, just really shouting out to where they were from, um, and talking about how they had started, uh, very much low. This was also a really interesting album and must've been super weird for people to see at the time. Uh, because this was when Andre 3000's like flamboyance really started to come to center stage. Um, yes. yes. And he he obviously, uh, when I was younger, he kind of held a little bit more of the interest and appeal because I saw a lot of um, saw a lot of Prince influences, uh, and uh, I really I liked his sound and I liked his look, and I've always very much been into the. Um, music video side of things as well. Uh, but uh, it was also when uh, Big Boy, who I would have to say now as an adult is, they're both excellent uh, lyricists and rappers, but I particularly like, um, he doesn't just have really great ability and he doesn't just have that syncopated uh, flow that I really associate with Outkast. His, um, his diction I, I couldn't figure out why I liked it so much, but you can really hear every single word so clearly. Um, he He's making his consonants not yes. feel overplaced, but you're getting every single little thing from it. Um, and so, yeah, he had just yeah. had a baby, like, prior to releasing this album, but was very much an influence on it as well. So um, I thought that was all very cool. Um, I didn't know any of that moving in. Uh, sorry, I know now I'm going backwards to prior expectations. No, no. I didn't know. I guess I didn't know what exactly to expect. Um, but knowing that it was an early album, I didn't know to expect such lyrical complexity or even such a huge... Mm swing into new territory for, you know, they, they had won the best up and coming musical artists for everything. But, um, as they said, when they got booed off the stage, you know, the South has something to say. Um, and, and also as they make very, very clear in this album that, um, you know, their hometown is a source of pride, uh, and they want to represent for that. Um, this was also one that they, again, they were 18 when they released their first album they produced almost all of this. They were doing, uh, you know, they were really trying not to use much in the way of hooks. Um, they used several different um, additional recording artists for things. Uh, I didn't know until I, you know, had peeked in that uh, now I got to remember which which track it is. But I think it's uh, Waylon has CeeLo Green on it for the um, lyrics. And yeah, there was just a there was a lot that I didn't expect um, for them to swing so hard and get so weird with just their second album ever uh, was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and as an example uh, for people, I'm not saying weird, like, Oh, I dislike it. But for instance, um, let's see, ET extraterrestrial. 
um, completely uh, without drum t- tracks. Um, you know, using um, it still flowed. It was still very interesting, but it almost had uh, the background struck more like um, like a new wave or even a vaguely Radiohead sound, but with this you know very uh, very tight set of lyrics on top of it too so yeah i was not expecting i was hoping for the weirdness but i was not expecting as much weirdness as i was uh encountered or as i encountered on it so like a uh, big boy he um he had a baby and also like uh his aunt uh renee passed away and then on andre's side um uh he like you said started to develop his fashion a little more like you know he started wearing like turbans and like explore like it was it was more just like to express his muse more so than i think like trying to sure but express anything well i mean he made a lot of changes at that time to um completely quit marijuana um Yes. As well as drinking, uh, and uh, became a vegetarian, although apparently uh, not forever. And he eventually started, like, doinking again and stuff. Did you say doinking? Yeah, yeah. Um, Is that, um, I'm not familiar with that slang, Andrew. What does doinking? It's a medical term. Um, so, um, it's in the DSM-7, so it's not published yet, so mm-hmm. maybe that's why mm-hmm. no one really knows what it is yet um no but you seem to know why why don't you inform us it's it's streets ahead it's a streets ahead saying um okay uh, (laughs) you know um are you happy are you happy that i've seen enough community to understand that reference yeah 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 um yeah um but like uh i am very happy um but yes um he started like um he started, he was celibate, and he was, like, um, like trying to... Oh, that's what like, doinking means to you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it means. That's what it means to me. <laughs> he, <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful expression. Well, because he, he uses the term that I think of as super outdated, um, tootin' to mean um, inhaling cocaine uh, in one of the songs uh, in this album. And I was like, what a cutesy old-timey way to be like oh i was just tooting just a little cocaine up the nose (laughs) um so yeah like um so like they're both like going through like some major like changes in between albums and this is like a one year two year period between southern playlistic like music and this one um so he like um so i think like i guess to like jump into themes and such like um this is this is like one of the this is the album where they kind of like do some more explicit introspection like yeah the the this one the previous one is a lot of like southern uh style anthems about like hey we're from the south we're very proud of it uh there's a lot to be proud of we're valid all that stuff where this is like okay let's dig within and let's like kind of like examine our backgrounds let's examine like the evils of the world. Let's examine, like you know, our role in the community in su- the Southern community and also like in the African American community at large too. Absolutely. Um, what 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 did you feel were some themes in this particular record? Um, I, I did think it was interesting 
I didn't see as much about if Andre uh, 3000 had like a particular uh, religious turn or or if Big Boy actually either um, like uh, refound faith or something in that time. Uh, but a ton of biblical imagery for sure. Um, in, in addition to the obvious, I mean, the, you know, a track being called uh, extraterrestrial, uh, calling the whole thing's aliens uh talking about that sense of um being ostracized um and they do they talk about it in both a socio-political context as you know as really being ostracized within their community um but even feeling alien you know sorry being ostracized out of their community and within their community. So yeah, to so many people, um, you know, they're from a less affluent side of Atlanta. They, you know, uh, there's a lot of talk about how you, uh, I think it's a uh, mainstream face down in the mainstream. Um, and they talk a lot about, okay, so you can, you can essentially put up, um, drugs you can you know become part of that lifestyle you can put up your music and become part of that lifestyle um but talking about just how much um how much the feeling of being trapped in these perpetual systems uh really uh, i i think for mainstream in particular talked about those same feelings of being trapped um so yeah uh it was interesting to see and yeah uh some some things that were a little bit, uh, I would say, dated in as far as like, hey, I would not advise that you speak about um, sex workers or homosexuals in the same way that you just did. That said, um, you know, we do got a 1996. Yes. Um, yes. And there's a lot of um, taking credit for your own responsibility in it as well. Um, like... Um, what jazzy bell uh literally a play on jezebel and stuff like that um there's there's a certain amount of slut shaming that still permeates it but for the most part it's kind of talking about um big boy in particular and kind of finding uh that that your queen um is uh, is one of the lyrics he uses um and and how that shifted his perspective and then i'm not positive about this but wasn't big boy's uh first child uh a girl right i think so yes yes so, yes, yes, yes. so i think that's like kind of what he's also like trying that's why he's like worried about this you know absolutely um and you can see too uh in the context of fatherhood maybe that some of these things are stated a little more harshly than they need to for the sake of more or less a warning. Um, it was also, uh, this is not so much a theme, but as something that really talked about the, the age and the times, um, the AIDS crisis was still full blown, huge problem at this time. Um, it's mentioned at least twice by name on this album. Um, and obviously in the early uh, 1980s or so, it was very much considered to just be um, to just be homosexuals that, um, you know, had alien AIDS. Um, and then later, you know, uh, from intravenous drugs, it became 
okay, well, it's homosexuals and junkies, um, which, by the way, I'm being colloquial for the time, not trying to shame anybody who has addiction problems. Um, and so by the 90s, though, it had really permeated a lot of, uh, you know, poor, less than affluent communities, whether from intravenous drugs or uh, or just other natural sources. So, yeah, a really striking a really striking reason to kind of fear unprotected sex and some of the things that they said. So yes, uh, taking it with a grain of salt that like, you know, we don't need to shame anybody for um, promiscuity, but also understanding that some of their version of promiscuity included unsafe spreading of a disease. Uh, so theme-wise, we're keeping it happy, you know, Bible, uh, income inequality, <laughs> aliens, and HIV. Well, uh, correct, correct. <laughs> what, what about you? What, what, what about you, Ezra? What were some like reads uh, for the themes of the record? I feel like you guys mostly covered the themes that like I picked up on as well. There weren't really. I don't have any unique takes. <laughs> well, I got a unique take. Um, like, I'll step in. Here comes a man with opinion. Um, no, um, uh, no, um, I think, um, I love, first of all, I, that gave me a lot of, like, more appreciation for Jazzy Bell, a song which, you know, in the 2020 lens, I didn't feel like had a lot of redeeming qualities, really. Um, but, um. I still don't necessarily think that. It, I don't like it either. Yeah, like, it was definitely a low light for me. And uh, I think that it's giving them a little bit too much credit to, um, like, bring up the AIDS crisis. Like, I don't think that that's what the concerns were that they were talking about there. And I do think that it's, like, unnecessarily vilifying. Uh, and it definitely, I I will agree with that. Like, promiscuity-wise, um that was an incredibly like negative light, um, which is a shame because I, as with so many albums like this, I feel like a lot of times the things that I enjoyed the most lyrically or resonated the most with me lyrically weren't the things that like musically I really moved to. So I think Jazzy Bell was one that I tried uh, tried a couple times with to to enjoy. Um, unironically but i will say again you're absolutely right in that it's definitely giving them a lot of credit i don't think that they were per se more ahead of their time than um than nearly anybody else in the game but they do i mean i was they mentioned aids by name twice in the album itself just in this album um so it is mentioning aids doesn't mean that you have a um oh a progressive an evolved world view on it though very very true um and <laughs> I, I was more so speaking just like the uh the element of fear coming with that so obviously andre is doing some of his own proselytizing about the dangers of drug use and just like i mentioned before uh yeah i as we mentioned the dsm earlier andrew's apparently got the secret seventh copy that nobody else has but um yeah it's not fair to blame people in a perpetual state of 
being failed by their government, their justice system, uh, the social programs that exist, it's not fair to blame them for falling into drug use or drug selling, uh, especially addiction itself. So, no, it's it's not a woke point of view. Um, That said, uh, it seemed like another really big fear uh, that maybe... Fears can be one of those things that you use to manipulate. Um, so I would definitely allow maybe an even more dangerous viewpoint that they might be, uh, I don't know, drawing conclusions between is, oh, promiscuity equals, um, you know, HIV and AIDS and, and the stigma that that carried with it at the time. So, no, yeah, um Mentioning a disease by name does not a PSA make. I will absolutely give you that. Um, and and that one, yeah, Jazzy Bell sort of starts with, ah, I can find a queen. But yes, by the end of it, it's very much just like, but I don't have a queen. And <laughs> Andre in particular throughout the album several times is just like so angry <laughs> about that. I, I want, yeah, I want to, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that in the lowlights because I want to, I want to like get into that particular point, but like um, my my big my hot take, as it were, not really a hot take. My like uh, my interesting point, as it were, was that that um, the other theme, the other like narrative in this record is Andre and Big Boy kind of like prepping the war, their community for like a bigger war and like a, against a bigger evil and like. He's like, hey, let's stop focusing on these smaller things of just like, um, you know, inner inner community violence or like um, pr- promiscuity and all that stuff. Um, and like and like also like he's like talking to like younger, like mediocre rappers too, like um, who, who like he had that whole verse about like, yeah, I let this guy freestyle battle me and he sucked. And I was like, hey, buddy, <laughs> like, let's, <laughs> and also that one line about like, you know, this guy sucked at, this guy sucks at rapping, but I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray for you because we might need you. Um, I also, I also think it's like, um, and it's just like, um, the and the reason I imagine he, you know, both of those guys, like, or at least Andre on his end, that's one of his narratives, is like quitting pork and like meats and like sex and like um, drugs and stuff is because of the thesis statement in AT Aliens of just like, I need to be clear so that like God or a universal truth can speak to me so I could be a prophet in a sense. And I think he's like trying to like be that. (laughs) I kind of, I only saw the older, like already pretty weird Andre, Uh, you know, that was when I was introduced to him. So it was interesting to see. Yeah, he was. I've been uh, also listening to a couple of podcasts about cults and it was weirdly like, yeah, no, uh, you have to abstain from these things. But these things that don't actually mean anything like wearing these types of clothes matters a lot. Yeah, there was some, I like that you mention the idea of justice starting in the community and change and healing starting from the community and how obviously their love for Atlanta was not something that was just thrown in there. It was not like overhyped. It was very much something that they tried to play tribute to. Um, 
But yeah, also the kind of weirdly we're with you, but we're definitely better than you sort of thing. Because uh, what was it? <laughs> really not, really not much in as a disc track, but Waylon was sort of meant to be, hey, all of you people who are being super obnoxious to us and pissed off and said that we weren't real hip hop, suck it. Um, and I, I enjoyed listening to Waylon. I thought it was pretty good, but it was, he even says something in it I like, like I, I don't need to name anybody by name. If you know who this is at, you know who this is at. But then he made a couple of references, uh, sorry, both of them make a couple of references then that are like, that could only be one person. So I'm not petty like the rest of you. I'm not going to go around and call out mm. other people's names. But, you know, like if the guy who runs I've been meaning to listen to that is listening, uh, maybe he should watch out. It's like we all know who you're talking about, man. <laughs> so, yeah, that was an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, that really leads nicely into low lights, but let's do that right after this break. Da 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 da. <laughs> and we're back here to talk about <gasps> aliens <laughs> by <Yep>. Outcast. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's get into some low lights. Um, so like a macro low light for me is. Um, some of the sanctimoniousness, especially in Andre, I would say. Like, um, yeah, it's like, um, you know, and the thing is, like, <laughs> again, he is 20 or like 21 or something along those yeah, he's lines. He's still really, so, they're both really young doing this album. He's, they're really young, but like, it's like when like a 20 year old decides, okay, I'm going to be woke now. I'm going to be like this. I'm going to be above it all. And just like, and I found, and maybe it changes. Maybe he grows into it a little more, into the role he kind of put himself mm -hmm. into a little more with the future records. But I feel the growing pains is, some of it is insufferable. <laughs> like some of it is, um, uh, like, and like what you're talking about of his like, um, you know, I'm going to be celibate. I'm going to be, you know, not eat pork, all that stuff. It really like, <laughs> um, it, I think it's at, it's one of, one of the, one of the songs, um, I think, I think, uh, he does is really annoying is I th only the first verse of Babylon where he's like, yeah, like how come a nice woke guy like me can't even get a back rub and just can't even get, I was just about back rub annoys me so much. Yeah. It's like gross. And, um, but then he just like clumsily transitions into like, but that doesn't even matter. Cause like the government's going to blow us up. Just yeah. like, yeah, no, it's, it's very odd that they keep on using the guise of all of these deeply biblical um, type things like, oh, okay, so we're living in a modern Babylon and you're beset by all of these um, whatever sinful ways. And they talk about, you know, Jazzy Bell and stuff like that. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, there does seem to be that resentment where like, A, I, I recognize that you are two distinct artists, both Big Boy and Andre 3000, but you remember that song like two minutes ago where you were talking about banging hoes and how 
once you are done with one, you kicked her out. Yeah, I, you can't hold both of those things and be like, I'm the nicest guy there ever was. But don't you see? The women are the problem. They're temptresses. <laughs> but but they won't even give him a back rub. So they're frigid temptresses. Ugh. They're even worse than the normal temptresses. They're, they're t- fucking teases. Uh, it, uh, uh, see, yeah, when uh. you spell it out a little yeah. bit more, you do. You're like, ah, Andre. It's literally like insult. Talk about like, Polaroid pictures again. Talk about, yeah, we like to, hey, you remember... Remember in Hey Ya, uh, when you got... I know that that's way later, but do you remember when you guys were like, hey, divorce, <laughs> yeah, like, we're not going to do that, we can stick together. <laughs> much more fun, positive episode. Uh, very weird. Yeah, did not... Did not care for some of the uh, uh, hypocriticalness. See, I don't know, all around Babylon well, was just kind of a low light for me. Yeah, like, let's get into it, yeah. It just really, like, sound-wise, I thought that it kind of, like, was just more of the same, like, blended a lot. And I just couldn't get over, like, as you were saying, Andrew, like, just how goddamn, like, self-righteous he is. Um, and It's uh, like Tyler Perry level. Like, it's, like, gross. Like Yeah. <laughs> it's... Uh. Like, I think that in general, I just didn't like this album as much because, like, there was so much of that. And, like, the second that um, it was like, okay, like, this is kind of cool. I can get behind this. Then it was, uh, like, something um, misogynistic or homophobic or, like, um, just fucking self-righteous. And, like, I think that it is important to remember, like how young they were and stuff when they wrote it. And like, I'm sure that they've grown out of that by now, but like, I, even though this album did have cultural impact and, um, was like was widely loved and everything. I think ultimately, like you do have to remember that like they're kids, they're not like, they're saying a lot for, uh, their age about certain elements, but they also like other elements. It, it very much is like, yes, uh, yes. who's been successful in a race like once, um, but is like, <laughs> I now know it all. Well, and the thing is, like, I think that um, people who are that young can be very wise about certain things, but the people who are are not the ones going around talking about like how wise they are and like talking about how, um, they like have this entirely like changed worldview and they're like above it all and like elevated and whatever. Well, so here's one of the things that I feel like part of why I wanted to do more of my research uh, on this too was I don't think that we can necessarily unpack some of these intrinsic links between hype, self-promotion, stuff like that. And really a lot of what was the hip hop culture at that time. So, you know, uh, we, we can definitely say that sure. There's nothing worse than that guy who (laughs) recorded one thing with a record label. And now all you can ever hear about from that guy is, Oh yeah. Did you know I got my album releasing soon? Like, yes, there is 
very frustrating. Well, and the thing is, that's not even what I'm talking about. Like, there's that. And like, I think that that's fine. A lot of artists do that. Like it very much like was a genre thing at that time and still kind of is. Um, but like it uh, like I'm talking more about like the um, like with the song Babylon, especially just the uh, like kind of holding yourself like above all of these other people and um, like because you have God, you're better than everyone or something. But that's what I mean, though. It is all an ego game. It's like, okay, so maybe I couldn't be the best gangster. I'm the best enlightened dude who's also in the game. Like, I, I see what you're saying also, and I, I, I will concede that there's tons of points about this. And I also went into it really wanting to support them. Well, and the thing is, people who are truly enlightened are not the people who are going around, like, fucking saying it all the time. They're, like, doing shit. Action speaks louder than words. Definitely Like, um, like, they can rap about, like, important topics, um, without, uh, I don't know, just being, like, look at me and how deep I am. And, like, look at me and, like, my great faith and all of the uh, things that I abstain from. And well, and you're right, the how deep I am also, it, it's like having your cake and eating it too. So are you more enlightened than the rest of us and you abstain from all these things and that's what makes yeah, you better? Yeah. Or, or are you not? And are you, uh, you know, typifying some of the other more um, common cultural signifiers of success, but then negating almost all of what you said in some prior lyrics. He looked, he literally like big boy has a line about like um, giving women venereal diseases and like, just like, it's pretty, like, it's, um, I don't know. I don't like what, what's um like, let's say another, like, I guess like let's just we gotta we gotta keep it moving. Like, what's another like low light like for like song wise? What's another low light for you? Um. Well, I know we were kind of talking about it a little bit, but uh, Jazzy Bell is yeah. my or Jazzy Bell is yeah. like my other worst song. like big low bad. light. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think it's the worst song of this album. It's <laughs> very bad, and like I didn't appreciate the like dyke lyric and shit like that either. Like, yeah, it, um, shocking that that was one of the only I, I kept on waiting for the super negative F word. Um, oh, OK. Yeah, sorry. Not fuck the other one. Um, and That's, that one's positive. That one's cool. I can be, you know, uh, <laughs> not yeah. don't yeah. tell Andre 3000, though. I'll be mad about it. Um, but yeah, uh, it was it was not only just, again, casual homophobia, the album, the time, what I was walking into. Um, honestly, I'm still thinking about how it is with like uh, artists now that are in the uh, hip hop scene. It's really, really impressive. Those of them that have managed to come out. Um, and back then even being like, hey, this is crazy. Why are we 
treating queer folks like this, I really do feel like, okay, next week, like four diss song, diss tracks are going to come out castigating you for being queer, basically for speaking out about queerness. Um, so I actually, maybe I had just <laughs> prepared myself a little bit more, like for the worst, but I did, I was, I was kind of shocked that there wasn't more, um, yeah. I don't know, upsetting homophobia, but that line in particular was, yeah, not just, not just overt homophobia and not just a, a queer slur and one that like, I don't know, I, I've been called it once, um, but it's not even particularly used as much nowadays. Like, I feel like I'm going to go ahead and say it again, it, not in an effort to be weird, but just so people are clear on what Dyke um, is, is almost now like a, I feel like I associate more, it more with the eighties and nineties. Like um, I, it's not quite as heavily used as it used to be. Um, but well, and there are people who use that for themselves too. And I think that that's yeah, it's been reappropriated it's not too. as heavily used. Yeah. But um, he uses it. Against like, the- I have no, qualms about uh saying that but there are still um like queer phobic words that uh are harder to say and um the thing is like even though that word like even though that word like doesn't um bother me or anything like that it is specifically like what he's saying it's not yeah, like it's it triggering it's just like it's just it's he's the, like punching like punch down line. yeah and a punchline uh, but also the chicks that didn't want to be with me like he he does he he kind of brings it back to like oh all these it's ones that used to like, date me in high school now they're all queer culture. yeah exactly it was so to me you're right um the term itself i was like well i was expecting worse but yeah the way it was used itself is is again feeding into that exact same thing we were just talking about like okay so you're above it all somehow and everybody else is bad uh, but, but, okay, so are you telling on yourself right now that all of your former partners became lesbian? Like, it, it, it's a punching down that doesn't even seem successful. Uh, you know, like, I feel like if you look at it close enough, it feels more of a self-burn than anything. And yeah, it was a really odd line, for sure. Like, uh, not just... Hey, uh, that was a little stray homophobia, but it was, hey, that was a little stray homophobia. Wait, what did you just say? Oh, um, I mean, good for them. Are they all friends? Are they dating? Are they a polyamorous group? What? <laughs> Andre did not, um, did not give us more. Well, and I think he's also using the, um, like, uh, stigma about like bi women and stuff too like there's kind of those like tropes and uh very much like because he's talking about how uh everybody else is all sin boys but he's not (laughs) Um, and (laughs) (laughs) yeah my partner uses that all the time so it's like ingrained in my vocab now (laughs) um but he's like talking about like how horrible everybody else is and stuff. And then uh, like it's like he's trying to use that as like one more thing, like that uh, being like bisexual or like 
a lesbian or sexually fluid in any way um, that like that makes you somehow like deviant or bad and stuff like like this is the this is the weirdest thing I could ever think of like or the worst or weirdest thing I could ever think of you pointed out too Ezra he uses it as a verb and he mentions it from the girls out of high school so no I do but I think you made a great point with Okay, so first of all, if you met a bunch of awesome lesbians in high school and they were nice enough to make you their beard for a while, just shut up and say thank you and maybe ask if, you know, they can do any construction work for you. It's a terrible stereotype, but just go ahead and see because I'm not good with construction work. Um, And then, so, but yeah, using it as a verb, using it like that, it does. It feels really like, I knew some girls and they went and explored their sexualities and now they're bad is, is, is a lot of what it sounds like. Uh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Using it as a verb like That's that is it. really like, really? Can we not just say kind of yeah, like this? It's like, yeah, it's like saying, um, like calling someone a dyke is one thing, but saying like diking as like a verb, just, uh, like it does feel like you're saying that they're like, dirty or impure somehow and like that uh the process of like becoming a dyke and stuff like uh i don't know um sullied them and like now they're like evil and bad and wrong two people who are like it sucks that we've always been outsiders and people treat us like we're not even part of the group and then they're like hey other ostracized group go fuck yourselves right (laughs) and this is like the um this is a big point about, um, uh, I wanted to transition a little bit to 13th floor, the spoken word section, where he yeah, gets in. I actually thought that was interesting, I like too. the idea of, like, uh, the sodomites have all the rights. And then later in the song, um, Andre says, because none of us are free when others are oppressed. And it's like, he's so close. <laughs> it I, is. It, that's the thing. Oh, he's, you he, almost got it, man. You almost. Yeah, and, like, um, I think, like, again... It's not excusing it in any way. It's the 90s. It was not understood as much back then. Um, but it's just like, um, and I guess there's like, so, like I don't want to spend time defending it, but like the idea of just like, um, this whole record is talking about how no one looks out for, you know, our community. No one looks out for us. And then it's kind of like, look, like, look at these people. They have, they're getting rights and stuff like that. And like, it's, but it's more, but th- the way they're wrong is they're saying like, these wrong people are getting rights. Yeah, it's us, kind of like you know? how um, the queer community as a whole, um, like, uh, like lesbians and uh, gay people and like sometimes bi people and stuff like talk about trans people a lot of the time. Like, and oh, we're already like, oppressed, but you have it seemingly even harder, and we don't want you part of our group. What? People have that mindset that it's like, well, trans people make it, like, harder for us to, like, get our justice Ugh. and stuff. Like, people will accept a gay couple, but they won't accept, like, trans people's well, existence. And here's the thing. If you're a trans and, woman and you only love women... You're a lesbian. You're part of the lesbian community. You know, it's like right. there are straight trans people and uh, that definitely, you know, if you want to super argue that their sexualities, but they still have had to experience 
all of the stigma of a that any other queer person has often more but yeah no it it is it's okay so i can recognize let's say i'm andre right now that i can accept all of these people who had to drug deal to make to get by and i can accept all of these people in my community that i don't even respect as uh, as rappers and hip hoppers like you mentioned in the other verse and i can let them be part of my group uh and then there are just people that love other people that have uh similar genders and i nope not them Oh, you love someone who is the same or similar gender than you? Nope, get out. Yeah, that, it just. Nope, that's taking it too far. Like, I'm all for civil rights, but like, how far do you need to go? Well, and again, <laughs> not just. Okay, so. Uh, uh, tainted is the mind who's blinded to the point where sodomites get all the rights. Really? I mean, that was the word you had to choose too? You couldn't be like. Uh, well, the rich get all the rights, or even, even if he had said the gays, I kind of could have been like, that's messed up, but okay. But again, taking, taking, uh, in this case, taking a verb and nouning it, or in the past case, taking a noun and verbing it, um, it really has the wonderful effect of just reducing that person down to that singular action. So... Yeah, it's very dehumanizing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it, not to mention, again, I don't know. We are, we're speaking from a point where we're so many years away from this, but yeah, I I didn't know, and I am a, I'm a 29-year-old uh, non-binary, non-binary trans person. I really didn't even have the words to describe what I was uh, for any of the 90s, because I was a kid. And for the most part, a lot of the things that I finally understand are being introduced to me now that I can finally go, oh, my gosh, OK, that makes sense. Oh, and that makes sense, too. So I, I'm not saying that they need to understand all of it and that they need to understand the verbiage. But, yeah, there <laughs> there have been openly queer people now for many, many decades in the U.S. Do we still have to call any queer person a sodomite? So on that, let's go in. Uh, we gotta keep going. We can't stay here forever. Um, uh, let's speaking of all that, like, what is a highlight of this record? Um, what are songs that you do like, or points that people make that you do like that worked well with you? Uh, so obviously, I had a a lot of mixed feelings about tons of these songs. As I mentioned, a lot of them that resonated musically that I was just the first time I listened was just like listening to la la la. And then you go back and listen to the lyrics, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Two of my favorite jams were not actually that nice. Um, so similarly, uh, 13th Floor slash Growing Old, um, I thought it was really, really interesting and, and took me into a different place to have spoken word on a hip-hop album. Um, as not quite a rap and not quite a poem, but somewhere living in between. Um, and a lot of that initial, I want to say monologue, uh, by, uh, Big Rube, uh, is very interesting and, and cool. Um, the one that kind of gave me shivers when I first listened to it is, uh, we want to be at a presidential level. What are we doing? Um, and again, 1996, 
we have years and years and years and years until the inauguration of Obama. We ha- we don't have a black president. We don't have uh, anything in the way of adequate representation today, you know, 2020, uh, as far as African-Americans in our Congress. So then especially the feeling of no one's ever going to speak for us, and so we have to speak for ourselves, had to just be really, really intense. Um, and then, yes, we, we do continue on that song, and then he, he he gets into some things that I'm very confused about and not really big into, uh, but um, but again, coming back to some really interesting things, a righteous number of righteous men, even Judas the betrayer, came true in the end. Um, so again, okay, so you, you lost me there with some stuff that seemed to divide again, but the idea of redemption for literally anyone was again something that I thought was really, really cool. Doesn't mean that <laughs> there weren't other lyrics that went right back and said, "Okay, well, not everybody." But um, but yeah, I thought that that was a really big moment um, in Thirteenth Floor, um, and I again I thought the musicality of um, Jazzy Bell and uh, and uh, Babylon were really fun to listen to, but yeah, I. I could see the discomfort uh, as long as you look <laughs> anywhere in the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, what are some highlights for you, Ezra? Like, um, I really liked the title track. Uh, most of it was, yeah, um, most of it was from the sound, but also like, uh, I just think that, um, like, they uh, at this point, at least, like their strengths were a lot in like what they did on the first album and like what they do in that song just kind of like uh like this is where we're from this is who we are and like we're proud of that yeah it's kind and, of a double beat they do twice where it's like uh two dope boys in a cab like it's like hi we're outcasts and then atl is hi we're outcasts yeah <laughs> it's just kind of a double beat like, <laughs> I like ATLNs as like a as like a thesis track of just like like I was talking about of just like um, you know clearing my clearing myself spiritually to pronounce truth and stuff. Uh, I like um, elevators a lot. I think it's a very succinct yeah. song about class. I think it's great. Um, I like the idea of like um, every verse. Every verse has like a new like perspective. I like of just like, um, you know, big boy, like, um, and especially the last verse of just like, this guy came up to me and said, Hey, you're probably so rich and famous and like have a lot of rims and cars and stuff. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm doing as poorly as you. Like, you know, I'm just trying, like, if I, I look like, you know, I have a platinum record, but I'm still like scrounging to survive. And if I and if I this record doesn't sell, then I'm fucked. I will agree with you, but I will also say that was one of those moments where I felt the hypocrisy really strongly. So uh, I, I, I appreciate why you appreciated it, and I definitely get that, yeah, there was something really true to that, like, n- no, I'm really not doing better than you kind of thing. But the actual lyrics is... Uh, true, I've got more fans than the average man, but not enough loot to last me the end of the week. I live by the beat like you live check to check. Uh, if 
if it don't move your feet, then I don't eat. So we like neck to neck. Um, so yeah, no, no, no. He is saying, you know, I could lose it all if I don't make this next one last, but also your fans aren't the same as like, uh, as a snap card. If this guy is actually living paycheck to paycheck and you're living by the beat, yeah, it's it's very, uh, I don't know, sleazy and then cool to be like, hey, you haven't actually met me, but remember me? I, I went to high school with you. Can I have some of your money? No, it's, it's gross and weird, and it's probably a pretty universal feeling for almost anyone who's had that moment of fame. So you can't really feel mad at Big Boy for it, but you also... Okay, so... Later, several tracks when you completely own that guy in a freestyle and tell him he isn't worth anything. But, but the point is, we all have to come together. Um, come together? How? Are you gonna, are you gonna be nice to that guy that pretended to go to high school with you? Or no, no, he's out. I okay. So I'll just go through mine really fast. Um, I like I'll, I like Big Boy's final verse in Babylon. I like that one. I think um, because he's talking about like, you know, no one like I'm I'm like in I'm grieving over my, you know, this person who was like a mother to me. I'm grieving uh, and then just like, yeah, like no one knows, you know, stressing about Renee, just like all that, the, like and just like the Lord took her away and stuff like that. And um, I like then just like he turns it on um, some a greater evil of like, how dare you say my lyrics aren't clean? You know, I think that's genius. I think that's, and like Andre, like um, Andre's typically the one known for like lyricism or whatever, but like big boys, like just succinct, you don't have to use like big, huge, you don't have to like use big words, to like be a good lyricist. You just have to like get, you just have to tell a story really well. And he does. And like, just like, I think that verse is incredible. Um, any other highlights, lowlights, uh, stray observations? Before I'll, I'll we, just uh, acknowledge what you ratings? said and said, say, yeah. Um, Andre seems to be known as a lyricist more so than Big Boy, but I, I, I don't necessarily buy that. And I think that sound that we associate, that um, I, I keep on using the term syncopated because I don't really know that I can find a better way to say it, but the moving into the beat back and forth, uh, and not always on the rhythm, but somehow syncing up. Um, I just feel like, uh, big boy is very prototypical of that. And a lot of the times his lyrics or, or beat or anything would set the song up for that same, uh, really strong rhythm. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into our final ratings r review and rating of this record. Uh, the, way was, the way this works is we'll rate this record out of 10 and uh, we'll give it blank, like nine blanks out of blank, out of 10. So, uh, Ezra, what would you like to go first this week? <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I was pretty apathetic about this album, to be honest. Um, I like... I don't think that it's necessarily like rehashing old points or anything. They definitely like it's clear that there's growth since their first album, but it like 
still somehow like a lot of it feels like more of the same and uh there's like some kind of good forward growth but there's also like some um like kind of shitty stuff that like uh to where it doesn't really feel like I don't really feel the forward growth it's like I start to kind of get excited about a song or two and then um they just like turn it back around and it's um like either shitty or just like uninteresting to be honest uh just for me at least um but uh like I don't know there were definitely some good things on it I agree like I really like elevators um the title track was really good uh there were like some strong moments um I'm just looking forward to getting into uh other albums of theirs because I don't think that this was their best work um so with all of that being said I'm gonna rate this uh Six out of ten polar bears toenails. <laughs> like, uh, the, the, I will say, like, one funny, like, uh, big boy annotated that line. And he's like, yeah, polar bears don't have toenails. <laughs> yeah, that's the only annotation that they did for the entire thing. He's like, yeah, I know polar bears Not have claws. Idiot. Just like, um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm going to give this 6.5 hands in the air. Um, I think it's, um, I like this less than Southern Playlistic Cadillac music. Um, I, it did definitely like show it, it's, it seems like growing pains for this, this collective. Like, it seems like just like this, this feels like in between something greater. Like maybe if they like, maybe if they like, you know, progress a little more, they'll, they'll like kind of grow into the outcasts that everyone seems to really, really love. Um, but like right now it just feels like a bunch of like, I like, uh, I like uh big boy. I, I, I come out of this liking big boy more than Andre. Um, and uh, I, I just think Andre's weird insulin attitude is not fun to listen to. Um, I don't think, um, Musically, it's very fun. It's very groovy. I like the, I think that's where the progression is mostly in the instrumentations and stuff. Um, but other than that, um, I didn't love it. I thought there's a lot of good stuff, but, um, it, and like Ezra said, any good thing they did, they kind of undercut somehow. So 6.5 hands in the A year. Well, I definitely think you guys have had both the uh, benefit, but also downsides of this being like a full outcast month, because, yeah, you you're really forced to listen through their full discography, (laughs) whereas someone like myself, you know, I really got to because I found out about them much later than when they actually got big. I was able to just grab the stuff I liked Um, So it was really interesting going back so early in their career um, because, yeah, you know, if you're expecting some of why they were record breaking, some of why they were able to move into pop and more mainstream things, um, I (laughs) weren't quite there yet. Um, So some of that, like, I I, I hate to keep going back to Hey Ya, but that's one of those ones that, yeah, like, your grandma will go out and dance to Hey Ya at a wedding. You know, like it's 
it really, really crossed a lot of uh, cultural boundaries at that point. So I get to appreciate this because I don't have to do a full more month on Outcast and everything that they've done. Um, but yeah, uh, I see why I see why it had to be frustrating for you guys to hear their very first outgoing at 18 is just so badass and cool and amazing um, that you just expect a little bit more growth by then. Um, and you maybe don't get it. I, I got to tell you guys, 18 to 21, uh, not a lot of emotional growth on my part. No, I, I didn't grow much. Um, so yeah, uh, I would say I'm going to have to give it a better rating, um, than you guys, because I am blessedly free in this situation. Um, and I know wow, what a difference Moore. it made for Atlanta. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, hey. <laughs> I don't know. You proved your hosting abilities. You could take over the month for me. Nope, no, 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 that's a, that's a hard past. I don't do things. I don't like doing things uh, or responsibilities. Uh, those, are, those are my great fears is doing things and responsibilities. So I'm going to give it um, 7.25 aliens out of Babylon. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. Um, let's get into our, <gasps> I've been meaning to listen to that. And, and I, I did. did. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you forgot for a second. Playlist. Um, uh, I'm going to pick Doop That Thing by Miss Lauren Hill. Click. Girls, you know you better. Watch out. Some guys, some guys are only about So, like, sometimes for playlist choices, I try to pick songs that execute um, execute better what the record was trying to do. So, like, I think this song, Doo-Wop by Lauryn Hill, executes Jazzy, what Jazzy Bell was trying to do. Or what to do. Jazzy Bell could have done, at least. Um, where it, like, kind of, it, first of all, it name drops... Jezebel, but then it like um, and it like warns a little bit against promiscuity, a little bit, but it like it's more about empowering yourself and like knowing your worth, and also it does not only call it, like it's telling it's it's calling on women to like know their worth and like you know uh, value themselves and stuff and demand respect, but also like calls out men too for like some of the same stuff, and like I think it's like really it's just a fun just a fun bop and like I love Lauren Hill's diction and just her confidence and her coolness and her singing voice she's so cool so I, that's my pick this week I uh am going to pick something that has nothing to do with <laughs> thank god because mine is um, neither <laughs> just because uh I usually do something that fits with the album but um this week I felt like I don't like, uh, this album. like after <laughs> After listening to it several times, like to uh, prepare, I um, almost kind of wanted like a palate cleanser, <laughs> as shitty as that sounds. Um, and uh, so I'm going to choose The Race by Opeth. Click. You started skipping in a running 
nothing to do with the album it's just kind of um a cute song like the band is uh very good at doing like kind of uh nicer more like melancholy kind of like indie tracks and so yeah all right and laura what do you got this week uh super unrelated to and weird, next right? week too because you're gonna be hosting the show from now on <laughs> your jokes are funny <laughs> but you can't nah you can't i don't joke me. on the show <laughs> oh yes of course i forgot that this is a no joking show um yeah so uh i mentioned about a thousand years back on that episode uh my mom introduced me to a ton of classic rock and uh a lot of it when i listened to it the first time i was like cool 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 i, I like that i get that uh, and then some of the stuff I was like, Mom, you're weird. I don't like that, and I'll never like that. So, things that I said I would never like and I'm super into now. Peter Gabriel. Uh, I'm going to go with Games Without Frontiers because that's the one that has been stuck in my head. But don't be afraid to listen to some uh, some other fun tunes by him as well. Click. <laughs> completely unrelated weird new wave 80s sound yeah i'm so sweaty right now um very glad so we're much. not filming it uh, uh laura do you have anything to plug jesus well of course i don't have anything to plug uh hey this is laura, laura on patreon yes. for arts you can find me on Facebook at Outlaw Artistry, uh, mm. or you can find me on Patreon or Redbubble using just my full name, Laura Ann Welty. You can listen, find the show at IBMTLTT on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can find, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Andrew A. Lee. You can follow Ezra on Instagram at Ezra.Indigo. You could email us. Please email us. We need friends. Um... At, I've been meaning to listen to that at gmail.com. <laughs> and now Laura will end this episode um, with a closing sentiment. Uh, this sentence uh, is for all sentiments. of those. This sentence is for all of those uh, Atlanta based aliens. I've been out practicing sentiments, by the way, lately. You could. <laughs> you should probably continue practicing your sentences. Is. <laughs> All of those Atlanta-based aliens out there, uh, wait, wait, you gotta write it. You gotta um, write it in the chat. We all say it together. Oh, so it's like a <laughs> so whatever you. Well, well, yeah, say. why? Why did? Wait to tell me beforehand, I Andrew. Did. I put it under the instructions. Okay, so okay, all right, are we are we gonna say it together? Wait, is that all? Like, well, is that you your statement? you made it sound like we had to all say it. In I thought, I thought you time had like with a each other. Sentence. Yeah, but I don't. You couldn't even say sentence earlier, so I don't trust your ability to say more than like five words in a row. All right, all right, let's do this. All right. <laughs> so, are we gonna do uh, the three, two, one on this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Three, two, 
One. To, to all, all the aliens, aliens in Atlanta. In Atlanta. In Atlanta. <laughs> this is a hanging participle or whatever. Um, I don't know grammar. Um, thank you so much, everybody. Have a Bye. good day. Yay. Bye. I'm actually good at my bot. Oh, <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> I mean, okay.